Welcome in to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I am your host, Les Lukacs. We've got a loaded show for you today. We're going to start things off with San Diego area scout Jack Shannon. He's been on the trail in the last few weeks. Saw several, several Division I commits last week, including one MLB draft prospect. We'll get to him in just a minute. After Jack, we're going to have Coach Morgan Cummins from Coronado High School in San Diego joining us. Then we're going to close things out with Blaine and I talking about our recently released and updated Class of 2019 rankings. As always, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukach. I'm pleased to be joined once again by our San Diego area scout, Jack Shannon. Jack, it's been a busy week for you. You've been out and about seeing a lot of talented players, a lot of guys headed to D1 schools that we'll touch on here in a bit. How's it going down there in San Diego? It's going well. It's a busy week. I uh, got to debut the San Diego Swing Notebook. Saw a lot of talent, a lot of fun this past week. Yeah, well, let's hop right into some of these guys that you saw. We'll start with uh, St. Saint Augustine catcher and a USD commit, Angelo Peraza. Uh, we saw Peraza together down at the San Diego State team camp. Uh, this is your second viewing on him, and looks like he's starting to uh, get closer towards that midseason form for you. Yeah, I kind of fell into the Grossmont-St. Augustine game, and Grossmont's got a very short backstop, so I was right behind home plate and uh, got a really uh, close eye on him and was just really uh, amazed by his uh, versatility behind the plate. Um, Very active, very aggressive. Um, All six of his throws were at least two seconds to second base, so that's something I have yet to see this year, so very impressive there from a junior. Uh, a bit undersized for a catcher, but a big-time arm and a lot of athleticism behind home plate. Yeah, you mentioned to me he's also a football player, and, and he's listed as a catcher, second baseman, pitcher. And, I mean, that just speaks to volumes to his athleticism. What What is it in addition to his arm? I mean, you and I talked uh, after you saw him. You know, arm speed, is it, it's short, it's quick, and, you know, uses his body really well to get, you know, explosion out of the arm. But what are some of the other things that really impressed you uh, from Peraza? Yeah, I mean, I saw him lay down a bunt uh, for a hit, something you just don't really see from catchers. He beat it out by two feet. Um, I saw him blocking balls that uh, were were at a were at a high level for a catcher in San Diego in high school alone. And then the arm was just was just uh, lightning quick, uh, very short. Um, uses his whole body to get into it. Uh, he's he's a full send type catcher, just a hundred percent going hard the whole time, you know, has that football mentality out there. Uh, definitely got leadership qualities. Just, just uh, a lot to like from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. When we saw him down at uh, San Diego state, he was, he was pretty aggressive at the plate and, and, and looking to drive balls into the gaps. Is that something you saw from him last week as well? I saw some bat speed. Uh, he, he had limited at bats cause he had, he had the, he had the bunt and there was a walk. Um, but there was a nice uh, deep fly out, so there's 
there's potential there, but this day and age, um, the way the game's trending, um, with pitching and catching, uh, at all levels, it's really coming down to catchers being elite defenders and the bat doesn't have to necessarily be elite, uh, to be a catcher. Um, if you have catching skills, uh, at the level that Peraza was showing last week. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's shift gears over to San Pasquale, a team you saw later in the week and, uh, you know, San Pasquale's off to a pretty good start there. They've got some players that we've talked about before, but the one guy, um, we'll talk about a couple of them here. Uh, let, let's start with the what you know what we think might be the top freshman in all of San Diego County, uh, and that is uh, Jason Hall there out of San Pasquale. I mean, only 14 years old, uh, listed at six foot, 160 pounds. What did you see out of Hall that really caught your attention? Yeah, I was excited to get out to see Sampa Squall. They're defending uh, section champions in Division Four. And uh, early on in the season, uh, Coach Justin Graber told me, you got to come out and check out this Jason Hall kid. He's a freshman. He's going to be hitting fourth. And we've got a good lineup already. So this dude's the real deal. And uh, he's 14 years old. He's about 6 feet, 160 pounds. Um, definitely got a lot of room to grow still. Uh so I'm, I'm expecting him to get bigger and stronger, uh, but still pretty athletic at this age. Um, he was hitting fourth and he didn't look overmatched at all. He looked confident out there. Um, and he had the game game winning hit. I mean, it was a three, three ball game and the sixth inning and two outs man on second and ripped the ball to left field, uh, put his head down and ran the first hard. Uh, there was no, deer in headlights or getting lost in the big moment. He looked like he belonged there and I'm excited to see where he goes because uh, it looks like he could be a name that we're talking about for the next four years. Yeah. You know, he listed initially as a catcher, but it sounds like he, uh, you know, he played some outfield for you uh, when, when you were there uh, when you saw them play last week. So, you know, show some athleticism and some position versatility with that as well. Right. Yeah, he's uh, the type of guy that I've been told that, you know, he's going to get shots kind of all around the field. Uh, I don't think he has a set position right now, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think he's going to continue to grow and, you know, fill into his body. And that's going to really tell what uh, position he could be. He's got a pretty good arm. So, uh, you know, he could grow a couple inches and be a very suitable uh, right fielder with that arm and and that, that body type. Yeah, well, we'll keep it here with San Squall and, and, you know, the other guy that we wanted to talk about was shortstop uh, in Kansas State commit Elijah Jackson. We had Jackson at our top prospects event last summer, and just his athleticism is what really stood out. And, you know, we didn't know whether, OK, is he, does he does he stay at shortstop? Does he move to second base, potentially even right field? Just but just kind of freakishly athletic big arm really liked what he was doing with the bat and just not only at our event, but during the summer where we saw him, what'd you see from him last week that really stood out to you? I saw a lot of length, uh, six, three covering good ground, playing a lot of range and uh, very smooth and quick hands, uh, got the ball out quick, uh, very good footwork, you know, fundamentally sound type player. Uh, didn't see him, you know, have to make a lot of, uh, long throws or, or get, you know, just let the feet and hands work and got rid of the ball quick and 
seem like he's got a pretty big, uh, nice baseball IQ out there with uh, major league bloodline. Yeah. The son of former Padre Damien Jackson, Elijah headed to Kansas state. And then on Saturday you were at the debut of the fourth ranked player in our class of 2019 rankings, uh, Derek Diamond, uh, the Ole Miss commit, the right-handed pitcher at a Ramona high school, uh, made a se- long-awaited season debut. Uh, he's also the starting quarterback for the football team there for the last few years. And, uh, you know, here's a guy that that potentially moving into the draft, uh, potentially, you know, throughout the rest of this season, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him, uh, you know, from the pro side. Uh, because he's a guy that, again, has been playing football for four years in addition to baseball. Uh, and now it's time to focus solely on baseball. And, and he had a little bit of an inconsistent start for you, did he not? Yeah, he came out, you know, two innings, small sample size, but, you know, at least 10 scouts there. Uh, everyone excited to see him. Uh, I was told that he hasn't pitched in a game a meaningful game since uh, August 12th. So it's been a while, uh, full season of football, 11 touchdowns, saw some, saw some game film from football and he can sling it on the gridiron as well. Um, and what I saw, what I saw from him was he, he definitely has a, a gifted arm. There's a, it is a good arm. It works well. Um, and it's a, it's an easy, when you watch it on video and you watch it in person, you know, he was, he was 87, 91 and it's, it's a pretty easy 87-91. Yeah, he's a guy that we had a chance to sit on at the Area Code Games uh, last summer, uh, and one of was one of those guys when he came out to you know his turn in the rotation. It would it, it just got quiet quickly because of that athleticism you talked about, uh, you know, and 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 his ability to you know just really it's really really easy right uh so we talked about the fastball how was the breaking ball uh you know how was how was the slider uh, you know, i think he 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 was fiddling with a cutter last summer uh not sure if you saw that uh but how were the other pitches yeah i saw him with about five pitches i saw a two seamer that i really liked it's a little bit slower but it has a lot more movement um arm side run in on the righties and they had some extension issues with it. I'd like to see him, uh, hone that pitch in a little bit more, uh, because of the substantial, uh, movement it has in comparison to the four seam. Uh, I also saw a slow, big breaking curveball that I liked a lot. That seems to become a very popular pitch, uh, even at the major league level to have that big speed differential of 66, 70 miles per hour for him on a 90 mile per hour fastball, big time, uh, just, just to, you know, get some hitters out in front and have that change of pace, big breaking 12, six curveball. So I'd really like to see him develop that as well. And then he also flashed uh, a cutter, uh, looks more like a slider to me, but it is a cutter as far as grips go and hand speed on that. Um, it's got some potential, uh, definitely a pitch though, that he left up a couple times and, and, uh, it, it, it got hit a little bit, but, uh, when it's down in the zone and located properly, um, it can be an effective pitch. Yeah. That, well, that's great. That's a nice little recap of last week. Uh, let's look forward here to this week and, and you've got another busy week with some, some big time arms uh, that you're going to see in addition to uh, some, some good bats as well. I mean, you're, you're going to start things off today heading over to see La Costa Canyon against Rancho Bernardo and one of the county's premier matchups. And 
Spencer Jones is, is set to toe, to toe the slab uh, today. Uh, what are you looking forward to there? Yeah, I think that's a big statement game for Lacoste Canyon. They're ranked number one uh, for the second consecutive week in San Diego. So they've got Spencer Jones on the mound. This will be his fourth start. So I'd say, you know, we're pretty much in the swing of things, got the first couple starts out of the way. So I, I'd say today kind of they a uh, uh, circle this start as, as one of the big first, uh, you know, expecting something big tonight um, out of Spencer against Rancho Bernardo and uh, a bit of a statement game for both Spencer and La Costa Canyon. Yeah. And tomorrow you're going to head over to see Coronado against Montgomery and, 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 you know, Coronado will, will have coach Cummins on here soon uh, here in the next uh, segment. Uh, but uh, you know, they're, they're pretty loaded. And then Montgomery, you know, they, they've got a big arm that we're really excited to see here in the early goings of the season, Victor Lizarraga, uh, you know, then uh, you're going to close out your week with another uh, kind of North County battle there. Yeah, Coronado Montgomery should be a good one. We've been uh, watching Coronado now for a month or so, seven, two and one. Got some big bats and Toby Brown, Ryan Ward and Kyle Finn. So definitely uh, looking forward to seeing those guys uh, go up against a, uh, a big sophomore arm and Victor um, I'm looking at his stats here, and we got five innings, three hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. So small sample size, but good numbers. So he'll be going up with a nice test against a good lineup. So I think it'll be a great game uh, to watch from that standpoint. And then on Friday, uh, getting out to see Santa Fe Christian against San Marcos. I got to see Santa Fe Christian play uh, against Ramona and Derek Diamond, and uh, their infield was very impressive. Um, with Cole Roberts at shortstop, Bryson Hashimoto at second, Steven Pearson at first, and Luke Hawks at third. Uh, definitely one of the better infields in San Diego County. Um, very confident team, uh, very close team from, uh, from the viewer's standpoint. So definitely excited to see them again go up against the San Marcos team that uh, been keeping an eye on and watching all season. Um, Record-wise at three and four, not exactly where I expect expected but um you know hopefully they can start getting things going yeah no doubt and, and and hopefully uh we haven't confirmed just yet but hopefully you get to see jacob widener the 2019 lefty headed to san diego state for san marcos uh throw there against santa fe christian but jack pre- really appreciate you coming on and spending some time with me and and uh filling in the folks on what's going on down in san diego county uh, as always, great job and looking forward to your reports here coming up on uh, prepbaseballreport.com where you can find the San Diego Swing and all of other, all of the rest of Jack's notes along with videos uh, on players that he's seeing throughout the week. So, Jack, thanks again and uh, have a great week down in San Diego. No problem. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the PBR California podcast. Uh, we are ready to go inside the dugout. I'm pleased to be joined by head coach Morgan Cummins of Coronado High School down in San Diego. Coach Cummins is an alum of the school, having graduated in 2003 before venturing off to Claremont McKenna College, where he was a first-team All-American in 2007. Played a few years of minor league baseball for the Florida Marlins uh, before heading back to his alma mater as a coach. He's in his ninth year overall, fourth year as head coach. 
Coach Cummins, really appreciate you taking some time to join me this morning. How you doing so far? Doing great, Les. Thanks a lot for having me on. Absolutely. So, Coach, you're in your fourth year as head coach there at the varsity level at Coronado, and you've had some some pretty good success there. I mean, 2016 CIF San Diego Section champions. You guys pulled the feet off again last year in CIF San Diego Section Division Three. This year, you're moving up a division. Uh, you're going to play a, a little bit stiffer competition. Uh, you guys are off to a really good start at seven, two, and one. So it seems like your team's responding to that challenge. Uh, definitely. You know, we have a lot of guys uh, coming back from last year's team who have tasted that success, and uh, even some of the seniors played on our 2007 team that uh, made Division Two, uh, and we struggled a little bit. So. They're eager to prove that uh, we deserve to be at this level, and so far uh, they've been competing uh, at a high level. Well, it's a roster chock full of talented players. Uh, you know, you look at your pitching staff, and and you can't you know really discuss that area of your team without first talking about Luke McCullough, the New Mexico commit. He's a senior right-handed pitcher. Uh, I'm assuming he is the leader of that staff for you. Tell us a little bit about McCullough. Yeah, Luke's uh, uh, come a long way. He's uh, pitched on the varsity team since a freshman, uh, and I think he's continued to get better every single year. Uh, his velocity's really jumped over the offseason. He's sitting 86 to 88 now, and um, he's just really grown as a competitor, somebody who challenges hitters, uh, sets the tone for our pitching staff that we're going to go after guys and not be scared and go out there and compete. Well, the other guy on on the mound for you is Junior Raiden Perry, six foot two, hundred eighty five pounder. I mean, he had just a fantastic season for you last year, going eight and two with a one three nine ERA, and finished with seventy eight strikeouts. I mean, he, he's a guy that you know you, you mentioned uh, in your preseason preview. You know, quality three pitch mix guy, mid eighties with the fastball, but it's really a stoic presence on the mound that that kind of gets guys feeding off him, isn't it? You know, Raiden just uh, is a great competitor. He has great composure, uh, no moments too big for him. He's the type of guy who the bigger the moment, the better he pitches. And he showed that last year uh, pitching the quarterfinal game in the CF and pitching the CF finals where uh, he was one out away from throwing a complete game. Uh, but whenever we had a big game, Raiden's somebody we always count on to go out there and give us a great chance to win. Yeah, then it sounds like Dylan Miller and and Luke McCullough. We, we talked about McCullough there a little bit, but Dylan Miller, another just kind of fearless competitor on the mound for you. So it sounds like the pitching staff is, is certainly a strength for you guys uh, moving forward here in the 2019 season. Definitely. We've uh, we've thrown the ball really well to start the year. Uh, until yesterday, we had an under one ERA. So uh, We've had a lot of guys filling up the strike zone, commanding the baseball, throwing multiple pitches for strikes, and ultimately uh, just having that presence on the mound to have composure and make some big pitches in big situations. And you guys aren't shying away from playing some of these, rep these reputable programs. I mean, you start out the season with Eastlake. You guys draw a tie with them. You know, you've faced El, El Cap and, and Valhalla and some of these other teams and, you know, ran into a tough Montgomery team or pardon me, have a, a tough Montgomery team here coming up tomorrow. Uh, I mean, what is that intentional, the scheduling, uh, you know, not knowing if those guys are in your division or not moving forward into the playoffs? But, uh, you know, how intentional are you about going out and scheduling some of these bigger, uh, you know, bigger programs, if you will? 
Well, we, we signed up for a couple tournaments, and the tournaments are kind of in control of uh, who we play, but we always want to play the best teams in the county. Uh, that's what makes us better, and if uh, we want to be the best, we got to beat the best. So uh, we don't shy away from the challenge of uh, playing some tough teams, and ultimately uh, that's what's going to prepare us for a tough CIF run again this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, Morgan, you know, when I grew up in San Diego and you thought of Coronado High School, you personally, you always thought of the surf team <laughs> and, then, and, then you, and then you thought of the aquatic sports. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the golf team, those, those four or five programs were always really, really good. What has it been about maybe the administrative support or just maybe is it new coaches? But what is it now that, I mean, Coronado seems to be, uh, you know, very much committed to athletics as a whole, uh, you know, either whether it be football, basketball, baseball, or some of the, the girls sports there. But what is it that, that caused that change to maybe turn Coronado into, you know, an athletic, I mean, powerhouse? Well, I think ultimately it starts with uh, the players. You know, I think we've gotten an influx of good, talented players that have been coming through. So uh, the secret to good coaching is good players. So I think it starts there. But we've also I think we've brought in some new coaches that have been committed to really trying to build the programs up. Uh, And I think all of us really strive to try. We're trying to put Coronado on the map as some uh, a program that uh, can compete with anybody. So administration has been supporting us great uh with uh allowing us to to work hard with our kids but uh ultimately our players uh put the work in every day and our coaches are determined to try and to try and raise the level of our program yeah well you certainly do have the quality players and while your pitching staff seems to be pretty upper class heavy i mean your position players are 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 some really really good underclassmen right let's start with toby brown uh the sophomore infielder i mean all he did was finish hitting 400 for you last year top 10 in the county in hits uh, he, he's, he's an aggressive hitter. Uh, we've seen him a few times and, and he st- looks like he's starting to dr- uh, develop some power, some over the fence power as well. Really like what he does at third base for you. Tell us a little bit about Toby, Toby Brown. Yeah. Toby's, uh, the leader of our offense. Uh, I don't think he's ever seen a fastball he didn't like, uh, but somebody who, uh, just has an aggressive mindset, uh, and, and likes to hit, you know, like, like you mentioned, uh, hitting 400 as a freshman in the middle of our lineup yet last year, I thought was uh, really impressive. And, uh, the start to the season right now, he's, uh, picked up right where he left off, uh, leading our team in RBIs, uh, has two home runs so far on the year. And, uh, ultimately he's just someone that we all have confidence that he's going to give us a productive at bat every time he goes up there. And then the next guy, Ryan Ward, freshman committed to University of Arizona, uh, middle infielder type. You know, we saw him a little bit during the summer, you know, strong arm. Also has a little bit of sneaky power uh, at mm. the plate. And and it's just a really smart baseball player, son of a former big leaguer. Uh, just that that baseball IQ is obviously carried down into him. And, and Ryan Ward, what, what can you tell us about him? Uh, like you mentioned, he's just a really talented player, uh, well above his age. He has great instincts for the game. Uh, his swing, he uses uh, power to all fields. I think he uses the whole field really well uh, and really understands how pitchers are trying to attack him. And I think he has a, a nice, uh, just smooth, fundamental swing. You never really see him overswinging at the plate, and uh, he just finds the barrel pretty consistently. But uh, you know, somebody who perfect game ranked as the 22nd player in the state uh for his age group and i think he's only going to continue to get better as we move along here 
Yeah, well, we have him in the top 10 in, in the state as well and, and just a really advanced player for his age group. Heath Miller is another type of player that it seems like all these championship-level teams have, right? I mean, he's an above-average defender. He's a good base runner. Uh, he handles the bat well. He's not going to wow you. Uh, what's the impact of a player like Heath Miller on your program? I mean, if Heath Miller was three inches taller, uh, lots of colleges would be calling me about him because he just uh, just really knows how to play the game. You know, he knows the strike zone well. He can do all kinds of different stuff uh, at the plate, whether we need him to bunt, hit and run, uh, RBI hits. Uh, he can do all of it, and he's just uh, really solid in the field. Has made a ton of not just routine plays, but he also makes extraordinary plays when we need to, too. Uh, in the CIF championship game last year, he made one of the best plays uh, I've ever seen, just going back on a jam shot and uh, covered a lot of ground and made a great diving play that I thought kind of sealed our uh, CIF win last year. Uh, he's somebody who hits near the top of our lineup, and uh, like I said, he's just a really solid player uh, and really knows how to play the game. Yeah, last underclassman I want to chat about is Kyle Finn, and I hope I'm not uh, butchering that last name. Oh, you but- got it. All right. Uh, you know, the way the way we described him is, is you know, freakishly athletic player that, that just shows a lot of range in the outfield and uh, and has some power at the plate as well. And I mean, is that pretty accurate? And what does he bring to the table as a sophomore outfielder for you? Uh, I think that's really accurate. You know, Kyle has gotten a lot better uh, as time has gotten on right now. He's leading our team uh, in batting average. Uh, like you said, freakishly athletic uh, in the weight room. It's pretty amazing some of the things you see him do. Uh, with the 6'4", 185-pound body, you know, he's somebody who I think colleges would be really excited to uh, try and get in their program. He's got great power, uh, good contact hitter, uh, and can cover a lot of range in the outfield with that wingspan. So let's talk about your schedule. We'll close it out with that. And you guys have already faced some 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 really tough competition. I mean, we mentioned the East Lake game. You got a, a nice win over Montgomery early in the season. Uh, you know, you beat up a little bit on uh, or had a nice little win. Sorry, excuse me, against San Isidro. Uh, and then now you're facing Montgomery again tomorrow. What does that do for your guys? Does that you feel like that gives them a little bit of a uh, leg up, if you will, having seen those guys already, um, or, or or is it just kind of a whole new, you know, whole new ball game, so to speak, before you guys dive into your league play? I mean, I think it always helps to have some eyes on how the team plays, but ultimately, you know, it's twice as hard to beat a team the second time as it is the first time, and this time we have to go into their place, which is always a tough place to play. So, uh, just because we beat them the first time certainly doesn't mean it's going to be an easy game, but um, I think our guys understand the challenge ahead, and uh, we're going to be prepared for a really tough one-run game tomorrow. Coach Cummins, I, I really, really appreciate your time, and, and thanks for coming inside the dugout with me today. And, and uh, best of luck to you not only tomorrow against a, a stout Montgomery team, but the rest of the season. And thanks a lot, Les. I really appreciate you having me on. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I'm pleased to be joined by Northern California Scouting Director Blaine Clemens. Blaine, we recently released our updated and expanded class of 2019 rankings, uh, player rankings, that is. And we are here to talk a little bit about some of those risers. But before we do that, thanks for joining me. And uh, you staying dry up there in NorCal? For the last few days, yeah, it's great. We actually had a 
a mid sixties day with sun and no rain yesterday. Uh, it felt, it felt summer like, so the forecast looks good this week. Uh, I did peak it next week though. And I see a little Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or something like that pocket of the, the rainy little weather again. So I don't know, but it's, uh, it's good for the foreseeable, uh, couple days coming ahead. Yeah. Same, same with, so it's been hard, man. It's been hard. Oh yeah, it's been brutal, and and you know as a result, you're getting all these uh, teams playing two, three, four games a week. All right, so let's dive right into these these player rankings, uh, Blaine. You know we 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 want to focus on this part of the podcast on on some of our risers here in the rankings, and uh, one of the guys that uh, saw his ranking climb and he's now coming in at number ten is. Joseph King, the pitcher-catcher combo out of Woodside High School. He's headed to Washington State. Now, I know Ryan got eyes on him just the other day. Uh, we saw him at area code games. But King's a guy that you're hearing a lot from scouts about, aren't you? Yeah, so I was actually at that game with Ryan for a bit. It was uh, I had three games I was checking out that day. I was with our guy Dave Seifert at USF seeing a college arm. And we were going to meet up at Stanford later to see the six o'clock game against Texas. So on the way, uh, Woodside was playing and Woodside is just down the street from Stanford. So I popped in there and King was scheduled to come in in the fourth inning on the mound. Uh, he started as a catcher. Yeah. So I got to see, I want to say two innings of his outing with Ryan there. Um, you know, he is, he's not so much, yeah, he's risen a little bit in our rankings. I think just, we, we see the, we see the big arm potential. Uh, he is running the ball up there in this outing, uh, up to 91 repeatedly, uh, he can spin a breaking ball that's, you know, I think he's calling it a slider, but it's got a little bit more of a, a small curveball tilt. Um, they're excited about him because the arm is it's clean. Uh, it's fairly fresh. Uh, the body is long and streamlined. Um, they've seen, you know, twos and threes out of him. Uh, there's an expectation as the weather warms and he rounds into shape that we've got some, you know, possible 94s, maybe some 95s down the road. Um, it's a challenge given his position as a catcher. Uh, and then bouncing back to, to pitch, uh, the, I talked to their, uh, AD the other day, uh, who's their former coach. And, you know, last year when I saw King, they had a catcher to just, he just couldn't, just couldn't handle him. Um, you've seen it before, right? We've all seen in high school games, the power arm with a, with a power breaking ball and the high school catcher just, it's just, it's just really hard. So you get a lot of wild pitches or, or pass balls. You get swinging bunts. The guys that do enough to make contact, but they can't, you can't get the guy out. So these, these elite arms sometimes have to pitch out of incredible trouble. Um, no, not to any fault of their own, but he looked great. You know, he had been sick earlier in the year, a little bit of a flu type of situation, lost like seven pounds. So now he's just uh, not just rounding into shape and into the season, like everybody else is up here dodging the weather, but he's trying to get his physical, physical shape back. So uh, seeing him out there the other day with three or four uh, pro guys uh, was a good good look, and I think he'll be one they make it, you know, about every three weeks or so to to look in there. He's going to pitch on Thursdays, I believe. The coach has got it pretty much scheduled out for him, so that helps the scouts. But yeah, Joseph's got a chance up here to uh, continue to to be of, of strong interest all spring. You know, it, it always interests me, Blaine, and and we'll move into a guy from SoCal, and it always it always interests me when when you know you start seeing these quote national end quote guys starting to pick up on things that, you know, we've seen for, for a year or two or sometimes even longer. But, uh, you know, one of the biggest risers in our rankings is a third baseman, right-handed pitcher out of Eastlake high school, Keone Cabaco. And, you know, we've seen Cabaco now for about a year and a half. And, and Jack and I saw him down at San Diego state where he was up to 93 and, 
you know, the bat is electric. There's just big time power in it. And, you know, you're starting to see some, some of these national guys, Oh, you know, down in San Diego, there's a pop-up guy. And, you know, it it kind of, it kind of makes me laugh and it makes me chuckle because, you know, they they might be a pop-up guy for those guys, but, you know, area scouts in this part of the part of the state have known about him for a while. And, you know, we've known about him for a while as well. And, and so that, that part really makes me chuckle, but Cavaco is a guy that, you know, is a big power bat. He uh, mentioned he, he's up to 93 at the San Diego State team camp. He, he's got just a dirty changeup at 83 that just kind of, I mean, it falls off the table. And, and, and you know, the power bat and you know, there, there's a little, there's a little hitch in his swing, you know, where he kind of fires open the hips a little too quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you know, it's easily fixable. And this is a guy that he's seen his stock rise significantly here in the first month of the high school season, and and a guy who. You know, I just in talking to some scouts, you know, they're putting a a second, third round grade on this guy. And, you know, right now, and if he continues doing what he's has been doing here in the early part of the season, you know, that grade should should rise significantly. So, you know, Keone Cavaco down at Eastlake. But, you know, let's go to another guy who's in a part of the state that, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of love just because of where he is. And, you know, Colin Barber comes in at number 12 in our rankings. He's at a pleasant Valley, you know, up in that North, North part of, uh, of the yeah. state. I mean, you, yeah. if you're, if you're North of the wall, this guy's, you know, this guy's <laughs> way North of the wall. Right. So, you know, what can you tell us about Colin Barber, the Oregon commit? Yeah, he's on the way to Oregon is where, uh, I mean, he's on going to Oregon for school and it feels like you're going to Oregon when you go see him. Um, He's had a great start to the year. He's a left-handed hitter. Uh, not not a surprise guy for our area guys. He's an area code player. Uh, he's a left-handed hitter. He's got big-time bat talent. Uh, his tools play well in a corner in the outfield. He's done what uh, prospects all hope to do. Is he's you know, given his competition. You can only play who you're who you're playing and face who you're facing. But he's come out smoking. He's come out hitting uh, well over 500, near 600. Um, he's got three dingers. Uh, he's scoring a boatload of runs. Um, so. You know, when they're, when they're out looking for guys to go back and see a second time and a third time, and, and it's a player, you know, that's the nature of scouting is it's, you want to like guys, you want to go to a game, you want to see the kid that you're, that you're seeing, you want to see him play well, you want to have a reason to come back, you want to have a reason to, to ping your cross checker and then have him ping his boss. And, uh, and get him through there because ultimately you do, you do the work, you put the time in, uh, you make, you put the miles on the, on the car. Um, you go to the game and, uh, you know, all too often a, a player that we know as a talented kid is just not ready to perform uh, at the level that, um, you know, you can, you know, take him in the rounds that uh, the signability might suggest that he can. So uh, for, for Colin to come out uh, smashing like he is, uh, good for him. Um, there was a game he was supposed to play. Actually, I was going to his game on Saturday. It was in Sacramento and the rains of course hit. So that game did not get played. Uh, they were playing, I want to say, uh, uh, it was capital Christian. They were going to play with that. Who also has some good players. Um, but that didn't happen. So now I'm looking at this, uh, on the schedule and, uh, they got Oak Ridge, uh, out of, out of El Dorado Hills, uh, on Saturday. So that's up in, up in Chico. So there might be a little bit of a three hour drive up to see Colin, uh, and I'm sure there'll be a, a boatload of other guys going up to see him as well because Oak Ridge has a, a good, strong team. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's exciting to see a player come out smoking. Um, it's got got plenty of talent because we've seen a couple other guys this spring who, you know, are equally liked, but they haven't hit. And you got to hit. 
<laughs> you don't, you definitely have to hit if you're if you're looking to be drafted as a hitter. You know, one last guy that that we saw make a pretty pretty big jump in our rankings, and you know, it's right-handed pitcher Joey Estes out of Paraclete High School, and uh, you, you know, Paraclete being up in the Lancaster, uh, Santa Clarita area doesn't get a whole lot of attention up there, but you know, here's a guy, Blaine, he's a Long Beach State commit. Uh, he was on the area code team last summer for the Brewers. Here's a guy, Blaine. This guy does not turn 18 until November of this year. So you talk about leverage when it yeah. comes to the draft. You know, he, he's a guy that touches 92, 93s, loose, whippy arm. He, he's got some funk to him just in, in his personality, in his the way he pitches. Uh, you know, I had a scout tell me during his outing at the area code games that he's he's a mini Mark Fidrich. Uh, you know, he's not quite that uh, extreme. The bird. Guy, yeah, the bird. He's got a little bit of that in him uh is as well you know but joey estes you know he's a big bodied guy six one six two just a long long loose arm uh you know again being at paraclete he doesn't doesn't get as much attention as, as some of these uh you know bigger name schools uh but here's a guy uh you know, size 14 shoes already at six, two, you know, doesn't turn 18 until November. I mean, the sky is really the limit on him. Just in talking to a couple of scouts, they have him right now as, as anywhere between a, you know, third and fourth round, fifth round grade. Uh, but, you know, as you said, the, you know, once the weather warms up and, you know, once he starts pitching in some bigger games, he's going to be a guy that, that should be, should have the opportunity uh, to see, you know, that, ranking or that grading if you will move up a bit uh, so there's a you know there's a few names for you that in our rankings that uh, saw a rise and saw uh, you know a climb in those rankings uh, we're going to move on here talking about this week and some of the games that that we're going to get out to and Blaine tomorrow uh, you're going to get out to see a, a big time top seven team matchup uh, Jesuit comes in at number five in our recent number five our power 25 rankings uh, they're going to uh, face off against uh, number seven, De La Salle. Jesuit finally getting their season started. What are you looking forward to in that game? Yeah, that's actually that's today. So I'm going to get over to Concord today and see that matchup. Yeah, they get to get on the books. They were they were scheduled to play uh, Valley Christian on Saturday, which was obviously a, a premier matchup. Everybody was looking forward to. I know the Jesuit crew was was way jacked to play that game. They had scrimmaged uh, the day before. Um, just super excited. I, I talked to uh, their assistant coach uh, frequently there um, and they got on the way and the game got banged and that's a heck of a road trip to make. So they are chomping at the bit to play anybody. And unfortunately for them or fortunately, however you want to see it, they're likely to see Kyle Harrison tomorrow in their first game. So welcome to the season. And you, you get a lefty in the upper eighties, sniffing some low nineties these days and uh, let, let's get at it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Kyle for De La Salle. Obviously, I was looking forward to seeing uh, Blake Burke and Chris Santiago hit. Uh, looking forward to seeing Jesuit just come out and see if they can control their uh, emotions to play. Um, they're going to go with Cade Pilchard on the mound, which I'm excited to see because last time I saw him a couple weeks ago in a scrimmage, he was throwing the ball real well. Uh, his delivery was great. His body looked fantastic. Uh, he looked poised for a breakout season. I know we had spoken about him at, at some point that he's uh, he's also a riser. Um, they'll also, I think, uh, mix in uh, uh, Cade uh, Benbrook. Um, on the mound and he's a left-hander with uh, soft rock and, and, and great changeup. So it'll be a super exciting game today. Uh, I may also get out on Wednesday to, to see a follow-up Jesuit game. 
uh, against St. Mary's out of Stockton, uh, get a back-to-back day on the on the Marauders there from Jesuit. They'll have Tonko Susak on the mound, I believe, tomorrow, followed by Andy Owen. Um, they all they got a lot of pitchers to see, so it's not exactly a wasted day seeing Jesuit two days in a row because they got nothing but arms coming at you. So, and then to follow up, you know, as we were talking about Barber, like they're they're playing Oak Ridge on uh, on the 16th, which I believe is Saturday. So there may be a, a trip up to, to Gold Country on Saturday to uh, to check out uh, Pleasant Valley and Oak Ridge. And, and, you know, Colin's not the only player at Pleasant Valley. There's a, there's a couple of juniors that are playing really well. They got all seniors in the outfield of the left-handed hitters that are all college players at the very least. And uh, Oak Ridge has a, a plethora of arms. I'm assuming we'll see Peter Hansen go in that game, the left-hander going to Texas. So it should be a fun week. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, one one interesting note there on Jesuit, you sent us, um, you know, a video there in our group text. Uh, uh, Daniel Suzak looks to oh, be yeah. swinging, primarily swinging wood these days, which, you know, not sure uh, what the decision process was there. But I mean, it's obviously easy. He, uh, his whole life, he's 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 made the choice his whole life uh, to swing wood. He's he, he's more comfortable with it. He's done it almost exclusively. Uh, he's not doing it for draft status as a junior. He's not doing it for any other reason that he likes the feel of it better. He feels like he's a better hitter with it. And, you know, he's talked with this. So his uncle's the pitching coach, John Susack there. And uh, it's what he's worked with his whole life, you know, given that his, his older brother, Andrew is a big leaguer. He's had wood in his hands um, since he's become, become a player. Uh, you know, Andrew's gotten uh, nice bats from, from some big leaguers that he's shipped back home. And it's just what Daniel is most comfortable doing. So it's not a gimmick. It's just uh, it's just what he feels best doing. Yeah, and I, I was going to say he looks fine doing it, and he, you know, obviously, you know, the power is there, and and, and the ability to handle the wood uh, is there for him. You know, well, while while you're traversing Northern California, I'm going to head up into Ventura County on Wednesday and check out Oaks Christian against Thousand Oaks, and Oaks Christian features Ryland Thomas, a a very athletic outfielder headed to USC. We have number 55 uh, in our current. Uh, class of 2019 rankings uh, you know while uh, thousand oaks who i saw against harvard westlake a few weeks ago has you know uh, a very electric shortstop in 2021 max muncie along w- with jacob wilson a 2020 grand canyon commit and um, you know a couple other players that are, are pretty excitable uh, there so it's going to be a busy week of coverage for us here at prep baseball report uh, you can always check out prepbaseballreport.com slash california for all of our game notes uh, videos uh, and obviously information on all of our upcoming events we're beginning to fill up our summer calendar uh, so that's exciting as well as our fall calendar so you know if you want to get out and be seen check out our list of events Uh, but if not we will see you at the ballpark and Blaine you know uh, you know man with this weather I just I hope that you're able to stay dry I hope you're able to get some games (laughs) in and I hope that the uh, you know the roads uh, uh, the roads treat you well my friend this week and uh, you know I appreciate you coming on Wes you said you're going to Ventura that's that's almost like going to a foreign country for you isn't it from from Orange County it's it's quite the drive, you know, battling through <laughs> battling through uh, L.A. there to get to Ventura County can always be interesting. So I think I'm going to leave probably at about oh, right about now. Know. Yeah, right about now to get there for tomorrow's <laughs> three o'clock game. So, uh, you know, it, it's always interesting driving up there. But it, there's a, you know, a lot of good baseball talent up there. So excited to get back up into Ventura County to check that out. So, again, for Blaine the Clemens, uh, I am Les Lukacs. Thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark. 